from a bar mitzvah at the Wailing Wall in Jerusalem to a temple procession in Taipei. The people of our world are passionate about their beliefs. Are you listening? Tune in to the sounds of your world on Radio Taiwan International. Thanks so much for joining us today here on Radio Taiwan International. Up ahead this hour, it's Hashtag Taiwan, Highlights, and In the Spotlight. But we're going to start off today with a brand new episode of Here in Taiwan. Hello and welcome to Here in Taiwan. If you're just joining us on our Facebook live stream, today is Wednesday, April the 14th. Otherwise, it is now Thursday the 15th. I'm John Van Trieste, and joining me here in the studio today, we've got Natalie To. Hello. And Leslie the Owl. Hello, Mr. Van Trieste. Coming up next, we'll be telling you about why it's now okay to play music in Taiwan's parks. Also, we'll be telling you about a big blowout on Taiwan's cash prize lottery for receipts. And the vaccines are here. We'll be able to get them soon. We'll be telling you just how soon in just a moment. Please stay tuned. Well, good news for people who like to play music in the park. Bad news for those of us who just want some peace and quiet. Uh, playing music in Taiwan's parks is no longer going to be considered an infringement of the Copyright Act. Uh, that was decided on April 8th, last uh, Thursday, I guess, after it was a bunch of amendments. It's one of them that was passed in the cabinet. It means that people can play music on devices at parks without worrying about being booked for copyright. Not that anyone ever was. To I my didn't knowledge. know that on it was a thing. Yeah. Um, apparently it was not very widely enforced, but in any case, it's been scrapped now. And it says in this article, that's the biggest change in the copyright law for in the last 20 years. Um, that's a, that's a, that constitutes a big change in the copyright law. Yeah. Um, and I think uh, in Taiwan, it is uh, not uncommon for people to uh, loudly let everyone know what music they're listening to. Mm. Uh, in particular, I can think of the park near us. There's one guy, whenever I'm getting off of work, who always has an entire, like, I don't know, a whole speaker system in a little cart. And he just, like, plays YouTube videos of uh, Japanese enka singers for mm. his own amusement. And it's like, why don't you just sit in your living room and do that? Why, does, why subject everyone else to your musical tastes? He's sharing the love, I guess, if that's what you want to call it. Um, yeah, I, I mean, know. but it's just, it limits people from doing it. Because I know there's, there's what they call a music park in, really? uh, in Taipei. It's in Tadaosan. It's in one of the oldest uh, streets in Taipei. And they play oldies like at the park and they play it on a speaker. One one person plays it or all kinds of people are playing it? No, no, no. It's just one. It's like the, it's like a government establishment. Oh, I know the cool. one you're talking about. They kind of do square dancing to yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, okay. you know what I've seen it. I've seen it. I've seen it. It matches the atmosphere of the area. Sure. I guess so. But I feel like sometimes if you go to a park because you just want to like sit and sunbathe or enjoy or not nature and not, and, not, and not like you know, have to listen to other people's loud music. It's like, it's called headphones. The thing that I really wish they would make illegal is the loud playing of saxophones or singing in the park because we are located actually right next to a park 
And we've had incidents where we actually complained and we're told by management that, that there's nothing we can do because it's a public space. But it was like really disturbing the office. I think, in fact, Andrew made an episode of Ear to the Ground about a really terrible saxophone player that used to hang out behind us. Do you remember that guy? No. I don't. How long it was ago was this? It was before your time. Oh, it was before my time. Hang out right near our station? In the park right beside our old office. And it was very I, distracting. I don't remember that. It was like, squeak. So if he squeak. was good, if he was good, it would be fine. It would oh. be annoying, but less terrible. Oh, no. It was not only that, but like to have no saxophone experience. I love me a good saxophone solo. Don't get no, me wrong. I think someone it, attempting to... It sounded like <laughs> someone needed to call like the Humane Society. Let's it was, put it this way. A saxophone should never squeak. Yeah, no. It, it should be like smooth. Animals are being injured. And then there was a, a woman who for a while would hang out in the same pavilion, gazebo. And I don't remember if you remember this either. And like, be like... Like Yoko Ono, it was horrible. How come I don't remember any of this? You must have blocked it out. You I were sitting right across from me this whole that whole time. I don't remember any of it. And this. suddenly one day they just stopped showing up. But for weeks, almost every day at about noon, she would go and like I guess try and do scales. It was ugh. Uh, yeah, scales with that voice from the it way was, you described it, it was just monotone wailing. It you kind sure of she, was. You sure she wasn't morning? It sounded much more like sandpapery than I can make my voice. Oh, sound. so um, yeah, I think that people should, there should be quiet rules about parks. Anyway, that's my two cents. Quiet parks from yes, beyond. Yes, let's hear bird song or something. You know. <laughs> Well, they're expending um, the number of cash prizes in our monthly receipt lottery. Is that right? Uh, They are, but only for a certain group of people. Now, there are two types of people. In Taiwan, let's give it a little background. In Taiwan, you get a receipt, right? For For every purchase you make. For every purchase you make. And that receipt has a a number on it. I guess it's a transaction number. Thank you, John. I have one right here. This is exactly what it is. This is exactly... uh, I have a bunch of them. I hope I don't have a winner for me, John. But this is exactly what uh, what, what we, we get when we... Do transactions. If you're listening on the radio, it's got like a code. It's got, it's QR, got a, two QR codes on the bottom. It's got a traditional um, barcode on top of that. And numbers and letters. Numbers and letters. At the end of every two months, it's a two months one time. It's a two month cycle. They choose a random certain number of receipts for various prizes. Yeah. Cash usually. And yeah. you can, if you have the winner, you can check, check them in. Yeah. So people pile their receipts in Taiwan. They don't throw them away. I have a whole bunch, man. Yeah. Well, I throw them away after, uh, after you know. After they've announced it and they're no good. 99% of them. Have you guys um, won recently? Not in years. I won, I think, in December. I think I won oh, 200. I won, yeah, 200 is nothing, though. That's like, it's like what, five, that's US, five dollars? US dollars. Yeah, I put it on my bus pass. That's what I got, too. Yeah, uh, yeah. One time, the one time I won. But they're expanding it. We have more chances they to win now. They are expanding it really? now because um, this is a lot of paper, if you realize. I you know, hate it. Everybody's oh. got a lot. Like, every time I go home, I have to open got, up the wallet and just take everything out. I have a crumpled pile. Yeah. I, there's such a pain to go through. They have apps that you can scan them in, but yeah. then I think once they announce them, if you're a winner, you have to find the original one. It's like, ugh, Oh, no, 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 no. So this is nice now. They are expanding the parameters for people who use electronic receipts um, or the, the cloud-based receipts. I like that oh. idea. So what happens is actually, it's actually really, really convenient now. So if you go, you can go, um, when you make a transaction, you'd be like, can you give me a, a cloud-based receipt? And what they do is they scan a personal barcode of yours. Right. And that barcode is tied to your account. 
So right. what happens is you scan it in, and then the info for that transaction goes into your account. What account, How, though? However, what though, account are you yeah. talking about? However, you have to sign up at each store individually. The store like, account? So I have one for... Um, not for, necessarily. I have one for Family Mart, but I not for any for of the others. I have one for grocery stores that I go to. But see, but they're all separate. You have to have a separate one for 7-Eleven, a separate one for High Life, a separate one for wherever else you not go Not necessarily. I'm, I'm about to change your guys' life. Oh, we please. Because <laughs> we have... Uh, they now have... Um, the Ministry of Finance came out with an application, and they came out with it like a year ago. And then now it's an overall barcode, so you can ask them for a barcode from uh, to scan your barcode, your Ministry of Finance barcode, at any participating store, mm-hmm. and they'll scan it in there. And you can link the Ministry of Finance account to your bank account, so that if they find that you won for one year Just on a cloud based, you get it automatically. And oh, it's sent that's right so much to your easier. Account. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. it used to be even when you wanted to cash in a winning prize, like the one time I did it, you had to go to a specific post office and yeah. fill you had in to this. Write out yeah, fill it all out. Bureaucratic mess. Anymore, man. And it was just for five U.S. dollars. I felt it was barely worth the effort. Ministry of Finance uh, application. Look it up. You have an ARC, so you should. Yeah. You, you'll be fine. So I, residents of Taiwan. I, I do it so much. When I first started, I didn't really do it, but now, like, it just saves me so much paper and so much grief. So when you go to the store, does it mean that you you show them this barcode and then they? Give you they scan it so yeah. you don't need a receipt. For you don't need a receipt, any so they store scan it. Works? Or most most stores, it was wow, the, the stores will that. ask you. That's then, what Zai Zhi is. Yeah, that's I'm what Zai like, Zhi is. Zai Zhi? Oh, yeah. So um, that's it saves paper. I know that's, that's it's really paper. convenient. A tremendous piles and so piles of paper. So you don't get a re- paper receipt then. After you don't that. get a paper receipt. It's just all in your phone. Oh, and then what happens is you know it's automatic. But now it's uh, the Ministry of Finance reported that only people thirty one percent thirty one point six percent of all electronic receipts are being used as cloud based receipts. So there's still seventy percent of the transactions are still people are still issuing, um, you know these uh, these paper receipts. Mm. So, the, in order to encourage people to take advantage of the service more, they're going to be adding uh, the number of 500 New Taiwan Dollars prizes. And this is an exclusive prize for the oh, electronic base. 500? Yeah. Really? Yep. And it's it comes out to about $17.24. That's cash I would save for That's better than for. the 200 Yeah. 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 And it's sure. also going to add an $800 prize. Oh. Yeah. Good. Excitement, excitement. So, guys, That's we're all going to be rich. We're going to be rich. <laughs> That's right. So, um, go get this and in late february like the ministry keeps pushing this cloud-based receipt because i'm guessing they're saving more in paper it's a pain yeah yeah as it is um in february the ministry announced increases to the number of winners for the prizes currently available only to cloud receipt holders uh they raised one million new Taiwan one million dollar prizes from 15 to 30 every every two months uh two thousand dollar prizes from fifteen thousand to sixteen thousand and uh five hundred new Taiwan dollar prizes uh, it's expected to raise that, but it's already been given out six hundred thousand so, dollars, uh, six hundred thousand times. The, the motive, the thing is, in, to get people to buy more too, because every purchase gets a receipt. Yes. So they're trying to get people to consume more and then make a incentivize. But then you also get people who go to um, the gas station and they'll do they'll do like one ten, one one dollar a gas and then get That's a receipt. Terrible. One dollar a gas get a receipt. People do that with little purchases like they'll buy That's three bottles of water but time. separately. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I want a receipt for all of them because they're trying to game the system. But that's it, it might not work. Well, I don't know. Sometimes it, I've heard I've heard stories, so I mean, you the, never know. with the odds of winning like I just think that it's a pain, so It is a pain and it's a lot of paper. That's that seems like such a waste. So I'm excited we can go paperless now. Um, okay, so Jen Dolari asks, I don't know if this will sound weird, but I've always wondered what the benefit of this receipt lottery uh, is. it to stimulate the economy by buying at stores? Now, the original intent of Good the receipt question. is to make is to keep uh, stores accountable. 
to make sure that they're keeping everything on the books. Not cheating all on their the taxes. Income. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or all they their can income. say, we don't make any money. And there was a there is a restaurant not far from where I live that has been repeatedly shut down by the government for periods of time as punishment for not doing it. Oh, really? They'll deliberately not give it to me because they think I don't know. Yeah, yeah. They think, but you've oh, been you here so long and you speak Chinese. They, well, they don't. They don't think. They think I don't know any better. So they're like, they're like, oh no, don't even mention. Did you crack down on them? And so did you ask for a receipt from them? I, g- I gave them a really funny look and was like, where's my receipt? And they were like, <laughs> Like, I collect these and I play every two months. <laughs> no, they've been, they've been, so yeah, for like, I guess it's, we call it tax evasion. Yeah. By not giving out these receipts. Right. Yeah. That's the main reason. So actually. historically, like back then, a lot, there was a lot of tax evasion. And in order for people to encourage people to ask for receipts, that's why the government implemented the lottery. Right. And then now it's about just, receipts. Yeah, but Most now people, people just wouldn't. now it's become sort of a force of habit. People gather them. That's right. They hoard them. Oh, <laughs> Local yeah. treasures. You never know what you might win. Yeah. Oh, I can't wait. We're getting the vaccine. Everyone can get it soon. Is that right? That, well, not quite everyone, but a lot of people. So what's happening is on April 21st, which is coming up very soon, um, they're going to make the current AstraZeneca vaccine available to the public for a set of fees if you're traveling for certain purposes. So if you're traveling abroad mm. for a business, work, education, and medical treatment. Aww. And they said they would also consider humanitarian needs. Does that mean like visiting family? I haven't seen my family in more than a year. I, I think that could be considered rather than like just going on a trip for fun, right? Yeah. So I think that they may consider that. Um, one issue is that, you know, people are not really lining up to get the vaccine. Because so, they've heard stories about blood clots. that they, we, only right. have, we only have the AstraZeneca. Right. That's the only one we have right now. Um, there have been cases, rare, very rare cases of blood, clot, blood clots. So that has, you know, led some people to be wary about the AstraZeneca are you guys I, thinking of getting it? Yeah, absolutely. I'm thinking about it. Sometime. Are you thinking of going somewhere soon? No, I I have no ability to go. Anywhere so you just want to get it, no matter like that as soon as possible. Just, that's just like the thing, the right thing to do, I guess. Herd immune build up that you know the immunity but, of the population, not herd immunity, but you know what I mean. It is it is herd immunity, isn't is it? it? When I enough people get it, yeah, yeah, that's herd immunity. Yeah, be a part of the solution, right? So. Uh, well, we're gonna. Ex- I'm gonna do an explainer on that tomorrow in Taiwan Insider. But it has been proven to be 100 percent effective in preventing serious disease and hospitalization. Okay, the so AstraZeneca that's, has. Yes, that's okay. a good thing. Because I heard that the Pfizer was about 90 something percent, and AstraZeneca and the other ones were a bit lower. Well, this is about serious oh. cases. Okay, serious cases. So, but there have been um, some cases of rare blood clots, and okay. so now if I get a blood clot, it's probably because of my love of cheese. Oh. And dairy products. Oh, that's, probably, that's, that's probably the same. We're probably my... <laughs> headed down the same blood clot road, John. If, I think that's a separate issue in my case. If it's a love of dairy that's going to give me a blood clot, yeah. bring on the clot. This is what I say. So, um, People are asking. Let's see. We have um, Asif Ali. He says, how to take vaccines from Taiwan? Well, currently we have about a hundred, about a few couple hundred thousand uh, vaccines in Taiwan. Interest has not been very high, I've heard. No, because I think... Part of it is just vaccine hesitancy. Not even vaccine we head don't is hesitancy. Need it here. We're not, we don't have. We don't have 
domestic COVID transmission. No. It's under control. Yeah. It's all in quarantine. So, so there's no added benefit to having a vaccine here. Right. Well, like, not as much added benefit. And the borders are shut anyway, so, like, no one's traveling. Mm-hmm. There's not really a, much of a reason, I guess. I mean, did you hear Thailand is opening up to vaccinated uh, travelers soon? Yeah, but when you come back, you still have to be quarantined. That's true. I don't have two weeks to just, like, sit around. You know, so we don't I mean, I would like to have two weeks to just sit around, <laughs> but I don't. I don't have them. So. You can have you work from home, John. <laughs> you know. So uh, Jen Delari says that she got her, she's getting her second and final vaccine on April 21st. Great. Well, just the same day. Does any, is anyone else getting vaccinated or has anyone got vaccinated out there? We'd like to hear your experience. Yeah. So April 21st. I wonder when the general public will be able to get it, finally get it though. I really the general public. Just, I think I think we're, we're we're close to something at least. I mean, they already if they open up to self paid vaccines, and uh, how much does it cost? Is it a very expensive? So they're process? just saying you just need to pay the cost of the hospital fee, the registration fee, but like the vac- the cost of the vaccine itself is. On the go- so, on the so it very depends on where you go yeah. to get it. Mm-hmm. It doesn't say how much it costs, but I think by hospital it might vary. They're okay. gonna, you know, pay for part of the cost. Yeah. Wow. I don't think it'll be too expensive. Knowing Taiwan, no, I mean, like I get a flu shot every year. It's never how prohibitive. Um, like I said, it's just once a year, so I kind of forget. But I think it was like dollars. Um, I think it was more than that the last time I got it, but um, it wasn't prohibitively expensive. Do you go to the hospital to get the flu shot? I went to well. Uh, I used sometimes private practices if they have them. Mm. This time, I there was a health clinic not far from here that just had had a sign that says we have them, and I was there, and I was like, well, uh, let me get one then. Last time I saw that they were giving it away at the subway station. That's weird. I mean, they they were just all set up. They're just like, hey, we have flu shots, just, and there's like three doctors. In my mind, Needles in subways don't really match. It's it like, doesn't wanna... match, but like I was so fascinated. It was just they had they had a cooler full just of somehow vaccines. that makes me think of tetanus. Uh, <laughs> Any needles you find in the subway? If anybody's got probably... tetanus, it might be me at this point. Then, <laughs> so uh, yeah, uh, I don't think it's going to be too bad. I can't wait to get it done. Oh, some other people are sharing their vaccine experience here. So Douglas North says, "I'm between shots. The first one made my arm really sore for a day, but that was my only side effect. That's not too bad." Is it the point of entry that gets really sore? Is the entire the surrounding arm surrounding area? Yeah. Really? Yeah. Oh. Huh. And then Asif Ali says, how do we take vaccines from Taiwan? He wants to go back to his country. I'm not sure if he's living here or what. I'm not exactly sure what he's asking. Well, you have to be a, at least a, re- a resident, I would imagine. A legal resident to have, if to not a, a citizen, to be vaccinated. Yeah. yeah. So, but Taiwan uh, is making its own vaccines. I think once we get those going, yeah. they're probably going to be a lot more available. It's in the coming months. I, I coming heard months summertime. I heard. That's what I heard. Was June? a target that they had. June, so, July-ish. So, uh, well, we'll see what happens. Taipei's population is shrinking. We're shrinking. Why? Uh, would you believe it? It's not just shrinking, but Taipei's population is at a 23-year low. 23 wow, year, that's, that's interesting. Last time it was that low, it was 1998. Wow. So people are moving out. They're moving. There's a, there's an exodus. There's an exodus. And uh, Taipei's, uh, Taipei City, at least, the population shrank by 40,000 and... 46,200 people last year, and right now the population sits at 200, uh, 2,597,000 people. That's still nothing to sneeze at, but yeah, I'm, I'm, well, 
um, housing is unaffordable if you're buying oh, it it's, there. Oh, it's insane. It's a uh, renting is okay, I think, but uh, definitely there are cheaper options outside. Which isn't yeah. That's the, they're citing main the main cause of the people suburbs. leaving Taipei is because um, well, it's just too darn expensive, John. <laughs> uh, they were comparing uh, prices for. I guess they do it. The unit that they do it is called a ping. That's a unit of area. Yeah, Tradi- it's a, unit a traditional of area. unit. Think of square three feet or square, square meters. meters. Yeah, three point three. I think is what they called. And then they're saying the parts of Taipei. There is no part of Taipei that does that is just not like twice the national average mm. uh, the, of property values right now. I mean, even me, I'm just thinking. I don't. I love Taipei. It's my hometown. But where am I going to stay? I'm like, I don't think I'm going to be a registered resident of Taipei. You're not? For you mean... Per- right? Permanently. I mean, oh, yeah, if I, no. yeah. No, I'm out in the suburbs now. So, yeah. New Taipei is becoming more popular, That's too. That's where I am, Because yeah. they're developing it yeah. very well. So, well, for our listeners, is what happens is you have Taipei City in the center, and then all around is... And close. then even way up north, that's what New Taipei City is. It's a, think of Taipei as the donut hole in the yes. middle of New Taipei. <laughs> yes. And New Taipei, I, you're, you, you see, you, would you classify it as a suburb? I mean, it does... Solve it's it. a bunch of suburbs that they kind of join together in an awkward union. Yeah. Um, it's all around. Yeah. They used to be class separate towns. Now they are administratively one. Yeah. And um, I just remember, it, it, I think that is the most populous county in all, all uh, the city, I'm sorry. Municipality. Municipality right. Right. in all it of is. Taiwan. I mean, yeah. mostly because it just sucks up a lot of the residents of Taipei. And even new Taipei City is becoming less and less affordable these days. I find it's okay. But I th- again, if you're going to try and buy a house... Anywhere even close to Taipei is not a good... Even where I live. So you know, live in New Taipei or New yeah. Taipei? Yeah, New Taipei now. New Taipei. Um, still wouldn't want to buy real estate there. Or still couldn't, actually. I'm, I mean, I'm Taipei. thinking about just... You know, if, if I'm looking into buying a house seriously, I, I looked at my options. I was like, Elon's nice. Yeah, well, that's where all the people from Taipei are buying up like vacation yeah. places, too. So I think that's even probably beyond all the means of a lot of people these days. Yeah, I mean, my, my aunt and uncle, they're out there. And they're just like, this is it's just a lot better to commute into the city. Really? Do so they commute in to Taipei to work? They used to commute in. Uh, they, they, they work out there now. They have their home office out there. But they used to come to and from every day. If you're oh, driving, wow. that's a real problem. The tunnel, there's only a tunnel that's, that provides access. And yeah. if that gets clogged up, you're out of luck. Yeah, it's a 12-kilometer tunnel, too. Yeah. So can you imagine that? Have you ever played that game where people are just like, hold, hold your breath while you go through the tunnel? Oh, we always used to say tunnel. Oh, if, can you do that for 12 kilometers? No, though, John. You, you, be, that, that's, hold your breath for 12 kilometers. That's, a, <laughs> that's yeah, cause of death uh, tunnel game. That's a, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. so, like my friends, they did that. They were visiting from the States and they did that because Taiwan has a lot of tunnels otherwise. Yeah. And then I was like, all right, guys, let's play you the tunnel game. Get like really dizzy very quickly. <laughs> they, I took them into the long tunnel. And I think they lasted pretty good. Like, two kilometers they lasted. Two kilometers? They're just like, how, wow. long, does this, they're like, how long does this go on oh, for? Oh, it keeps going. Oh, <laughs> like, it just keeps going, man. And it's like the Energizer Bunny. All right. Well, um, so how? So what's our population looking like now? You said it was 22 million. So the exact number is 2,597,635 people. Wow. And uh, it's the lowest it's been in 23 years. So is, is there anything other than cost that's driving that? Um, also, there's also better job opportunities outside of Taipei. You usually wouldn't think about that, but a big a lot of the big tech sectors, right? They're in Xinzhou, Tainan, Taizong. Also like, Banqiao, too. Banqiao is out there. 
Taipei. Which is a new right. Taipei. Um, so the job is going out there. The highest average income actually in Taiwan is in Shenzhou City, which is where... That's well, where the tech people live. That's right. So, I, yeah, I guess I can understand. Uh, it's expensive to live there, then it's expensive to do business there as well. Exactly. Why spend all that money on expensive office space? Well, that just about does it for today's edition of Here in Taiwan. Thanks so much for everyone who joined us and left a comment. I'm John Van Trieste. I'm Leslie Liao. And I'm Natalie So. Don't go anywhere just yet, because coming up next, it's Hashtag Taiwan Highlights and In the Spotlight. Welcome to Hashtag Taiwan. I'm your host, Leslie Liao. Thank you so much for joining me. Every week in this show, we take a look at some of the online trends that are happening here in Taiwan. We take a look at social media trends, or we take a look at memes, or we just take a look at the news that people are talking about online. However, this week we come with something a little more somber. If you paid attention to the news in Taiwan last week, it was dominated by one topic. And that topic is a train accident that happened on Taiwan's east coast. It was probably the deadliest train accident that Taiwan had seen in decades. For now, the news media in Taiwan is still talking about this accident and trying to figure out who's responsible. Uh, some new details that have arisen is that the death toll has been adjusted from 50 to 49, and that Taiwan's transport minister Ling Jialong has officially said he is going to step down. Anyway, that news just dominated the news cycle, and it dominated a lot of social media feeds. It was the only thing anybody could really talk about, and that made things pretty grim online. So since a lot of the Taiwan Insider topics this week, like Taiwan Explained, talked about the train accident, I actually wanted to shift focus away from that. But how do you shift focus away from something that is just so big and prominent? Well, the train accident happened in Hualien, and I'm afraid that there's going to be a stigma surrounding Hualien from now on. 
I really hope that's not the case because Hualien is one of my absolute favorite places in Taiwan. It's got some of the best scenery I've ever seen in my life, and I'm not just saying that because I'm Taiwanese. Anyway, uh, this week's episode focuses on a lot of pictures, so if you have a chance, make sure you go check out the video. Without further ado, here we go. The story on everyone's mind this week is the train accident that happened in Hualien. Now, when a tragedy like this happens, the natural instinct is going to be to try and make sense of how this all happened. And here on Taiwan Insider, we're going to do our best to walk you through it. But it's also important to have a timeline cleanse, and that's exactly what we're going to do today here on Hashtag Taiwan. I'm going to show you another side of Hualien. First, have a look at this picture. This isn't a stock photo. I took this in Hualien. No filter, no elaborate equipment. Hualien is just that photogenic. Hualien County is on Taiwan's eastern coast. It's the country's largest county by area. It is home to so much beautiful, insta-worthy scenery. In fact, today, I'm going to overload you with beautiful pictures of Hualien that I found on social media. Hualien is known for its ocean scenery. The water out there is crisp and clear. The color is unlike anything I've ever seen. The mountainous terrain offers unhindered views of the Pacific Ocean stretching out to the horizon. If you're more of a beach person, then head over to Qixingtan Beach. I mean, just look at that. It's got everything. Mountains, clouds, land, and ocean. Go ahead. Take a good look at that picture. Take a good five-second look at that picture and tell me it doesn't have all the elements of great, beautiful, natural scenery. If you're more into nature, then Ma Tai An Wetland Ecological Park is the place to be. Spoiler alert, that's in Hualien too. Taroko Gorge is my absolute favorite place in Taiwan because it looks like something out of a fantasy novel. There are caves, cliffs, embankments, hiking trails, a big river, drawbridges, just everything you could possibly want out of a nature excursion. Hualien is filled with so many other picturesque places like tea plantations, hot springs, forests, and lakes. And if you need pictures of puppers, and I know I do, then Hualien's got that too. I hope you enjoyed that episode of Hashtag Taiwan. I know it was definitely image heavy and it didn't do much for our radio listeners. However, what I really wanted to highlight was that Hualien is a beautiful place and it's a place that I, I appreciate. We don't want to let this disaster define this place, but we also don't want to forget about the horrific accidents and the lessons that we learn from letting a disaster like this happen. Anyway, like I said, this was an image-heavy episode of Hashtag Taiwan, so if you have internet access, feel free to go online and check out the original video. You can go to facebook.com slash Insider. There's no space between the Taiwan and Insider. Or you can go to youtube.com slash RTI English. Hashtag Taiwan is part of Taiwan Insider, which is a weekly news magazine produced by Radio Taiwan International. Check us out, and we also have lots of other news features on our Facebook and YouTube pages. Anyway, until next week, stay safe, stay happy, stay healthy. I'll talk to you again soon. This is Highlights, brought to you by Radio Taiwan International. Who's to blame for the accident? Well, it's not just the driver. I spoke with a disaster risk expert at National Jiao Tong University, Associate Professor San Xun Yi, and this is what he had to say. There are three parties involved in such a construction site. 
there is a design and oversight consulting company, there is a general contractor, and there is a dedicated project management team. Okay, and these parties are responsible for identifying or recognizing the risk at the construction site. They should have bring up a different way to prevent the accidents from happening. Okay, uh, for example, if you have an access ramp that close to the tracks. Then you may need to install preventative barriers along uh, the ramp. So even if the equipment or truck will slip, it will not slip down the ramp. For us, uh, it, it is a uh, just a failure of setting up all these multiple layers of defense to prevent uh, the accidents from happening. What do you think can be done and should be done to prevent future accidents like this? Okay.、Um, Comparing to、um, Rapid Transit Company or Taiwan High Speed Rail Company, Taiwan Rail Company is、uh, an old company.、Uh, it lacks modernized、uh, safety management systems、uh, from the construction of the rails, from buying trains, from maintenance and operation, and so on. So it needs to reorganize its structure and set up a dedicated safety management department. And maybe adapt modern safety standards, and try to modify its current regulation systems and operating systems. I think currently this is、uh, the most important issues that they need to look at, and they can、uh, do it right away. You know, just a couple years ago in 2018, there was a derailment in Elan. Have you seen any progress since、uh, that derailment?、Uh, they. Have a so-called a full examination of TRA, and they listed more than a hundred issues that need to be addressed. According to the executive yuan, they have done maybe a hundred items,、uh, but unfortunately, these a hundred items or more than a hundred items are all patchworks. They didn't really look at the systematic problem at the core of the TRA. Ladies and gentlemen, here's Shirley Lin with In the Spotlight. Welcome to In the Spotlight. I'm Shirley Lin. Connie Jiang is the co-founder and executive director of Taiwan SPCA, or Taiwan Society for the Prevention of Cruelty to Animals. Connie is from Taizong, but last week we talked about how she grew up in Vancouver, Canada, and had spent a year in Budapest, Hungary, with her twin sister working for a Chinese language TV variety show. Today we begin by talking about what are some of the things that SPCA does. Actually, we have a few、uh, main objectives. So,、uh, one thing that we do is we do cruelty investigations.、Mm, that's、um, a priority. That is a priority.、Um, mm, that's a lot to do. Yeah, it's one of our、uh, major departments.、Um, so, people, if you find、um, any animal, it doesn't have to be like a dog or cat. Any animal、mm-hmm. that you see、uh, who's in distress or being neglected,、um, you can report it to us.、Mm, um, so,、okay. we have an online report system. And then our inspectors will go 
on site and try to um, investigate, you know, see if the owner has broken any laws. And then uh-huh. we try to educate people to try to, you know, do better, like treat animals better. Do you sue them? Um, we don't have the legal power to, for example, to issue fines Got or um, give compliance notices, but we work with the government. Okay. Yeah, so we have a partnership with local government and also central government. Uh-huh. Um, it's all like this trust that's been built, you know, over the past 12 years. Mm. So the relationship that we have with government is, is getting better. You know, we work together on cases. So how do you look at zoos? Yeah. Like the Taipei Zoo. Yeah. Um, well, you know, uh, for the SPCA, we really don't support uh, keeping animals in captivity, mm. no matter how large your zoo is. I mean, the Taipei Zoo you mentioned, I would say it's probably um, comparatively, it's one of the better ones in, okay. in Taiwan. Mm-hmm. But even having said so, um, I still think that there are a lot of things that need to be improved. Um, for example, in zoos, you know, typically we see a lot of animals uh, exhibiting what we call stereotypic behaviors, mm-hmm. which is um, basically they they turn around in circles or they do things repetitively. Um, and this shows that they are under, under a lot stress? of stress. Yes. And they oh. can't cope with their environment. Yeah. Because, oh. you know, a lot of animals in zoos, they're, they're kept in like a small enclosure. Yeah. Like even like for elephants, like it, it may seem large to people. Mm-hmm. But for an elephant where they can, in the wild, they can walk up to, for example, more than 30 kilometers a day uh-huh. in the wild. And then you lock them up in the small enclosure. Uh-huh. It's, it's very cruel. Uh-huh. Yeah. So, so um, we really don't support keeping animals in captivity. Yeah. Wow, you must learn a lot about all the different animals, about their natural behaviors and things like that. Yeah, we have to, you know. Yeah. Um, I mean, we're not experts in every field, but uh, for any issues that we're campaigning for or voicing, um, that we really have to do our research. Mm. Yeah. yeah. All right. You must have been up on the news lately, how um, an animal escaped the zoo. Oh, yeah, it's the, um, the patas... What is it? Patas monkey or something? Uh, yeah, I've heard about that. Right? Yeah. And then and then months ago about an anteater that, you know, that that escaped from the zoo. How do you look at these situations? Um, I mean, for a zoo like keeping the enclosure safe, um I think it's a very basic thing to do. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, one, it keeps uh, visitors safe. And mm-hmm. then other, it keeps the animals safe, mm. you know. So I, I think they're trying to improve um, on that. I can't really comment on, you know, what, they, what they're doing. Mm-hmm. Um, but, I mean, recently we've been really looking into um, zoos and animal exhibits around Taiwan. Oh, yeah, because... Yeah, um, uh, now that uh, zoos, they have to apply for a license. Yeah, before they didn't have to, actually. Oh. Yeah, it was in 2015 um, that SPCA and a few other animal groups that we started pushing to, to uh, change the laws. Oh, so you guys yeah. did that. Oh, yeah, okay. so it's really recent, actually. Mm. But but now they do have to apply. Um, Taipei Zoo doesn't have a license. Mm. Um, recently, we've been uh, protesting... Um, one particular place in Taoyuan, uh-huh. uh, one aquarium in Taoyuan. Okay. Um, I think I know which one you're talking about. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I'm not going to mention a name. <laughs> All right. That um, really, we spent half a year um, investigating that. Yeah. Um, and we found many, many um, problematic 
areas in the aquarium. So they don't have a license. Uh, they do. They do. Okay, which okay. is one issue. Mm. Mm. Um, how come you know a licensed aquarium still mm. has such really really awful animal welfare mm-hmm. and really um, facilities that don't cater to the animals' needs mm. and it's more designed for visitors mm. on an entertainment basis, which to us is very you know it's. Very backwards, and it's very、um, something that needs to be improved. Going back on Taipei Zoo, do you think that those animals they escape because they they want to escape? I mean, there could be a few reasons. I mean, I can't really, you know, say which one. But I mean, for an animal being kept in, like I said, in a very、um, high stress environment, of course. Anyone will want to escape, right? Yeah, so、um, I think that could be, you know, one issue.、Um, animals in zoos, you know, they're put in front of people and visitors like every day,、mm. and a lot of the zoos, like I said, they're not designed for the animal; they're designed for visitors. So, you, you many places they don't even offer very adequate hiding places, hiding spaces for、oh, animals. So they can have privacy. Yeah, so they're constantly like you know in an open area and they have having people. Like looking at them for like eight hours a day, and then repeat. You know, twenty. Well, not twenty four seven. Like seven days a week. Right. You guys totally oppose zoos. That that's a big project. If you're gonna say like no more zoos. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um. I mean, I would say that our main focus now is that since there are zoos、um, currently in Taiwan, then our main objective right now is to try to have them improve animal welfare.、Oh, got it. Yeah. yeah, that's the best you can do.、Yeah. Wow, that is amazing. What's it like to have six dogs <laughs> in the house? Yeah, and it, a pigeon. And a pigeon. Um, I mean, it's fun. Um, I go home like from a high stress work day, and then I see them, and then like all of a sudden, I'm just like I, I feel much more relaxed, and um, I'm. A bit happier, you know, but I must say, I mean, it's still a lot of work.、Mm-hmm. And with six dogs, I mean, there sometimes there is barking, you know, and they some they fight sometimes, like <laughs> they, they argue with each other. Yeah, yeah.、Um, but having the rescue pigeon、um, is actually very interesting. Actually, it's my first time keeping、um, a pet bird. Yeah, yeah.、Um, so I I didn't really know too much about birds actually before、uh. this, but then since having her, I've just really grown to really. Really love birds because they're so smart and、yeah. actually they're very、um, like they know what you're thinking. And oh they,、wow. yeah, and they have emotions. Like、uh-huh. she would sometimes get really mad at us and she'll、uh-huh. start pecking us.、Uh-huh. Like we let her fly around the house, right? Which I think is like. The best way to keep a bird is not locking them up in a cage, but having space for them to fly around in. Because、yeah. that's the—I、uh, mean, it's a natural behavior. They fly, right? Right. So, um, so she flies around the house, and、uh, she she's not afraid of our dogs. Like we're <laughs> it's amazing. Yeah, it's amazing. Like we'll be watching TV, and then she'll fly over to the living room and like you know perch on the、um, on the couch and、oh, just th- like does, does he or she? It's a she. Yeah. Okay. Does she perch on the dogs? No. <laughs> <laughs> no, but you know what? It's so funny because she'll sometimes like fly over in front of one of our dogs、yeah. and just like start looking at them, like she's not afraid. <laughs> and then like I have two rescue poodles, so the small ones will sometimes like. Also, I guess they're playing. Like she'll, they'll rush over,、uh-huh. and then kind of like kind of scare her a little bit,、uh-huh. but not really like going to、right. bite her or anything.、Oh, okay. But it's very interesting seeing the animals like interact with each other. Yeah, yeah, I know. We've seen movies like that, right? Yeah. <laughs> 
You're listening to In the Spotlight with Shirley Lin. But the burp, does she poop everywhere? Yeah, unfortunately. <laughs> she does. That's one of the... <laughs> I guess more um, like you would have to spend a lot of time like just going after her, like picking up because <laughs> you can't train her to yeah, go to can. the bathroom, right? Yeah, and they go like every ten minutes, <laughs> actually five, maybe five to ten minutes. <laughs> yeah, but their droppings are like I guess they're very easy to clean. Like they don't cling onto the the surfaces. Mm-hmm. If you clean it right away, um, yeah, that's yeah, true. That's true. Right? But even if like you know, if you leave it for a day, you just. It's it's still it's still okay. Uh, how, yeah. how about the odor? I mean, there's no odor actually. Oh really? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. So but you train the dogs. Yeah, we train the dogs. They oh, go outside. I mean, you walk them. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Walk we walk them. them. Yeah. yeah. So they don't go um, inside the house. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 You must live in a house with a high ceiling. Yeah. The bird is. Yeah. You've given them names. Yeah. Uh, the bird. No, it's funny um, because the bird was a rescue bird. So we were th- at first we wanted to release her yeah, back into right. the wild. Right. Um, but then you know once because she had an injury on her on her foot, and then once she healed, and then we let her outside. She didn't want to fly away anymore, mm-hmm. so she just kind of hung around in our yard. So then we thought, okay, fine, we'll just keep her. Mm-hmm. But then we every day, like in the afternoon, we let her outside, and right. then she flies around. Like she'll she'll go off and like uh-huh. fly around for a few hours. And then she'll come back to our back door, and she, if she wants to come in, she'll start peck at, pecking at the door, lock on the door. Yeah, yeah. So um, she she knows like she has a, her own schedule and everything. Yeah. So that is so neat. Yeah. So you still don't have a name for the bird? Oh yeah, bird name. Yeah, her name is Bird. <laughs> Oh yeah, right. I, I was saying the rescue stories because we didn't we weren't thinking of keeping her. So then me and my sister were like, okay, then don't give her a name oh. because we would get too attached, attached, right? If she flies away, so then we're like, okay, fine, just call her Bird. So now her name is Bird. Still, and she would respond if you call. Yeah, her bird. yes, she responds to her name, and sometimes like it will be like five p.m. and you know she. We'll be like, hey, where's Bird? So then we'll go outside and we start calling out her name. We're like, Bird, Bird, where are you, Bird? <laughs> and she'll come back. Really, it's so okay. cute. She'll hear her name and she'll yeah. fly back. Oh, that is so cute. Yeah. And the names of the dogs? Okay, so I have one Not name. Not dog one, dog two. <laughs> yeah, first dog, Pookie. Uh, one called Mimi, Mei Mei, Xiao Hei, Bobby, and Lily. Oh yeah! Looks like there's only one male. Is that right? Shall he? Uh, oh, two, no, two, 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 two Okay. Yeah. Oh, that is so neat. Yeah, they're so cute. Yeah. So, what are some of the things that you think town is great for pets? Well, yeah, you know, that the town is doing a good job. Okay, and you know, and like for, 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 for yeah. um, pet owners, yeah, pet owners, yeah, pet owners. Well, you know, um, there are a lot more, I guess, dog parks now. Mm. Um, I think that's convenient. You know, you can let them off leash, um, have them run around. You've got one near where you live. Yeah, I live in Neihu, so mm. so there's one there mm-hmm. that we always go to, and it's by Herbing. Yeah. yeah. Um, it's enclosed, right? It's There's enclosed. a fencing. Yes. Right, but you can just unleash them. They can run around. Yeah. It's a pretty big place. Yeah, yeah, it is. And I think it's good to take your dog there. You know, I do it like almost once a week, like every week. So just to have them run around, you know, release their energy and have yeah. some exercise. Um, and other, uh, I think Taipei City is doing um, very well with like cruelty investigations. And um, a lot of cities are actually focusing a lot on education. 
education, you know, pet ownership responsibilities and all that. Government is really pushing, you know, for microchipping and um, right. neutering your pet. So, um, it's so gotten, are your dogs all neutered? Yes, they are okay. all neutered, um, which is good for their health, mm-hmm. you know. Um, so, I think for in the past 10 years, like animal welfare movement has really, really gotten a lot better. Oh, good. And well, thanks to you. No, thank you. <laughs> also, you know, with um, from other animal groups that's working hard as well. And also, you know, members of the public, like especially young people. Like we have a, most of our volunteers are like, you know, students. Mm. You know, young people who, and they really, really care. Yeah, 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 yeah. You can tell that they really, really love animals. So you were saying that you guys take any kind of pets. Ever had to handle a snake? In our cruelty <laughs> cases, yes, we've come across like um, cases where involving snakes yeah um, it's mostly to do so with so someone um, reported it right yes it's all reported oh okay yeah. okay but it's from um, the snake was in the um, an animal exhibit like a, a private oh, okay. like a petting zoo okay yeah we come across like all sorts of animals so what know? happened to the snake um, it's still at the the zoo but we've managed to improve its welfare okay. its living conditions oh, okay well I wish we had more time to chat but um, it's really really great knowing you Connie yeah. and just the way you talk about SP CA and your love for animals. I mean, it's not just only Taiwan problem, but it's also a global problem, right? Mm-hmm. So now, uh, thankfully, we're able to expand to Kaohsiung this year. Mm-hmm. So we'll have an office there soon. Oh, great. Yeah, so we'll wow. have inspectors there. Ooh, yeah. so that's another thing to get busy with. Yes. All right. Well, thank you, Connie. Thanks, Shirley. <laughs> Thank you for listening to Radio Taiwan International, broadcasting from Taipei, Taiwan. Check out our website at english.rti.org.tw. Again, that's english.rti.org.tw for the latest news and features from Taiwan. You can also listen to our programs and watch videos as well. Our 60-minute English language program can also be heard every day at the following times and frequencies. In southern China and South Asia from 1600 to 1700 UTC on 9405 kHz. Again, that's in southern China and South Asia from 1600 to 1700 UTC on 9405 kHz. And in Southeast Asia from 0300 to 0400 UTC on 15320 kHz. Again, that's in Southeast Asia from 0300 to 0400 UTC on 15320 kHz. We'd love to hear from you. Please send your comments to P.O. Box 123-199, Taipei, Taiwan. Again, that's P.O. Box 123-199, Taipei, Taiwan. Or send an email to rti at rti.org.tw. Again, that's rti at rti.org.tw. Also visit us on Facebook. The address is fb.me forward slash Radio Taiwan International. Once again, on Facebook, we're located at fb.me forward slash Radio Taiwan International for videos, photos, and news of interest from Taiwan. Thank you once again for listening to Radio Taiwan International. <laughs> 